everyone, this is the Free Kick on SportsGrid. I'm Chelsea Kabarkis alongside Martino and Gio. It's been an eventful weekend. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl, Shakira, Pique's yeah. wife. How are you guys? <laughs> Good. I love the, the halftime show. No disrespect. Show. No disrespect She's to PK. It's just his wife's a lot more talented than he is. And no, PK, PK is talented, but yeah. Shakira? Oh, come on. She could dance, sing. I mean, she was he moving just, her she hips. could probably score goals, too. He just doesn't Probably. <laughs> I mean, she did the 2010 World Cup song. She so. did. Oh, well, yeah. Mean, she's, ama- she's amazing. So I love the halftime show. I know that the guys watching this, you definitely enjoyed the halftime show two latinas all right guys well let's kick off with the bundesliga dortmund versus leverkusen who's in fifth place right now what are your thoughts predictions this is all erling holland i mean this kid is insane he's just a teenager he's already got phenomenal i mean what what was it again i put it down here seven goals at dortmund already and he just arrived there this month He's just a teenager, um, and he hasn't even started every game. His first game, he came off the bench and scored a hat trick. It's just one of those debuts. It kind of reminds me of Piontek a little bit last year with Milan, where he was just so on fire, and it didn't matter that he switched teams midseason. He was just still scoring the goals, and he's in the perfect place to develop because Dortmund has a great track record of developing star players like that. And this is just a prime game for them to win against Leverkusen because they're still there's still a kind of a tight race for the Champions League spot. So I, I think Dortmund's gonna be able to pull this one out. I mean, Dortmund's in contention for the title too. I mean, between first to fifth, it's not really a, it's that much like distance. And Dortmund's I think three off Bayern now, so it's a very close race. I mean, you said Holland, he got a couple more goals this past weekend, which was was great for him. <laughs> yeah. And usually they develop talent. Now they brought in talent. So hopefully he's not one of those that they sell off. You know, maybe he'll be there for a long, long time. He, he got for there. $20 million. Yeah, and he got for a bargain because yeah. I, I guess it was a release clause or whatnot. But, yeah. hey, they jumped on it. They did a good job with that. Uh, Dorman scored, has scored 15 goals in their last three games. Five goals per game, literally. It's, they've they're just scored doing five really goals. Well. So they're on fire. They're, I think they're the second high scoring now. They have 56 goals there. They're doing really well. Although I do think this match will be a little closer than we think. I don't think we'll see another blowout. I mean, Erling Holland, Holland um, he's just a spectacular player. I, I don't know, seven goals, right? It's averaging, I, I looked it up, 19 in 19.4 minutes, he gets a goal in each match. There, in history, there hasn't been a player like him that starts off in the Bundesliga scoring in every game. So my question to you guys is, what are academies or clubs producing? Why is this generation so different? I don't know. I mean, even with the talent that he might possess, it's just, I guess it's up to the player's work ethic, too. I mean, the academies bring in tons of players, but not all of them succeed, right? We, we, see, yeah. we see players fall off or tail off eventually. Barcelona products yeah, all the time. all the time. And even in Italy, there's like the Atalanta Academy is known for producing a lot, and then they go off to Milan, might not be as good, yeah. come back. You know what I mean? Like, it's just things like that. But in terms of Holland, I mean, what I see is just the finishing is insane. I mean, he scores all different kinds of goals. I've, I've watched all him. All competitions, too. And I watched him exactly. I was about to say I watched him against Napoli with Salzburg. So he was doing it in Austria. And then people are saying, hey, he's going to come to Germany. Maybe he won't be as good. It's a tougher league, right? But the thing is, we're, we're, seeing players, we're seeing players like Ansu Fati, right? We're yeah. seeing players like Frankie de Jong. We're seeing players like himself. Yeah. What is so different from this generation that these academies or clubs are producing? How are these players coming out to be so well-rounded and mentally focused for these matches? I think I think it's an all-sports kind of thing. I mean, how many times do we see it in basketball over here? There's baseball stars, football stars. These kids just know 
at what they need to do in the academies. The sport's evolving. The sport, yeah. the sport world is they're, evolving they're, because they're of the technology, athletes. because most probably coaches are putting more efforts into their methodology. I just said methodology. <laughs> I really dislike that word. <laughs> but it's true. But they're putting but more true, thought though. into it where they're creating players that are much well, they're, they're well-rounded. They know, they know what they need their players to be good at. Just like Barcelona, a lot of the time why they're so good, it's not so much playing all the time. The, the academy has them sitting down, watching the film, knowing where they need to be in specific spots, knowing what they need to be good at. You need to be good with your left foot, your right foot. You need to right. be able to head the ball. It's more than one movement. thing nowadays. And there's so many things that they know that goes into making a player so great, and that's how they're able to develop them. And this is all over the place, too. You were referencing Barcelona players, Ajax players, and now this is over in Austria. And and the expectation and knowing that there's been teenagers before that have got it done, it, it makes it easier for these newer teenagers because when you're the first coming along the line of, of teenagers, there's a lot more expectations on you because there's never been mm-hmm. anything like that before. Now that we've seen Messi's and Mbappe's thrive at a high level at a young age like that, it's easier for a Holland or an Ansu Fati because there's been examples of it point. being done before. So now that they had that, and they're going to smarter places. Like if Holland went over to Manchester United, I'm not convinced he would have the same success that he would at Dortmund because Dortmund is the place to go in Germany, in my opinion, well, for yeah. a young player. Well, now, well, Dortmund, going into this match, right, they're a non-aggressive team. Yeah. They possess the ball really good. They look for those through balls. And we were just talking about the Spanish league, which you mentioned, and Alcacer just got, he just moved to, to Villarreal. So, from Dortmund. Yeah. So, who is going to replace him? You're saying... Who is, who, like, who, who's going to replace him? Well, all you need is Holland at that point. Yeah, I mean, point. Well, yeah, Holland, but I mean, there's, yeah. there's going to be a point where... If people will step up. I mean, Marco Royce can <clears throat> step up, too. I mean, he's been there. He's been the captain for the longest time, right? I mean, he's, he's attacking when, midfielder. When he's on the field, Right, yeah. when he's healthy. I, I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> that is a very good no, no, point. No, no, yeah. I mean, but look, this is why Dortmund... But this was just the January window. Yeah. And this is a short-term fix. You don't know what they're going to do in the summer. They're too. basically... Their thought process is if we're being able to bring in a guy who's scoring every 19 minutes, does it really matter <laughs> who we replace? Because it doesn't. It doesn't. It's, it it's doesn't. basically over two goals and a half. Yes, but that luck can last yeah, just so, yeah, so he'll, long. Yeah, he'll tell off. This is, it's way. unsustainable, like you said. But really quick, I guess, for the gambling odds that we get to get into, Dortmund's plus 105. They're an underdog here. I, I would take them. I mean, why not? I, yeah. They're just completely on fire. Leverkusen's a very good team, too, and they're at home in this matchup. But, I mean, I have to go with Holland because, I mean, he's that on fire, and I'm not going to go against him until he's not. Right. That's good. No, I, I like Dorman as well for plus money. You have to jump on that. They're they're very hot right now. So, uh, and they've won the last four against Leverkusen. I was looking yeah. back as well. So they've they're on a hot streak in just this single matchup between these two teams as well. So I like them. I just like I mentioned earlier, just to reiterate, I don't really think it, it's going to be another five goal game. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. I think Leverkusen will score. They often try to get a goal at home, and you mentioned that home field always has something yes. to do with the game. Well, right? Leverkusen so isn't so far. Leverkusen isn't so far behind from Dortmund. Dortmund yeah. is currently. Sitting right. in third place, Leverkusen is in fifth place. So, how can they come out to face a team like Dortmund? Well, the attention goes to Holland, right? You got to stop the machine at this point. I, how I, would you stop the machine? Um, you got to limit the chances that are being created on the outside. Whatever, whatever they're sending into him, even through balls through that. I mean, they're sending these balls through everywhere, yeah. whether it's through the sides, through centrally. I mean, I, I think you have to do zonal marking at this point because when 
when you have so many different options, you can't just pay attention to just Holland because then it's easier said than done, right? Just right. stop yes, the one but guy. If you but play zon- if you play zonal and you give a player like Holland space, he's going to do something with that space if they're not tuned in. So then I think it does come down to man marking. Personally. Maybe you could have a sweeper at the end of it to just like you rather worry about the guys on the side and then last second just have a guy inside the box waiting for Holland to prevent any chance from him scoring. It's it, right now teams are still figuring out what his weaknesses are. Okay. Yeah, because because uh, he's still relatively new. We just knew about him Three coming games. on the scene this year. So it's going to take time for the league to adjust to him and vice versa. Um, well, he's adjusting to the league I very guess. well. Yeah, very <laughs> he just jumped right As in. his first three games, he just jumped in and scored right away off the bat. I mean, a hat trick in his debut off the bench is just the most it's ridiculous thing. It doesn't happen. This is when you look back on it in 10 years and you're like, we probably should have what goes What goes through a player's mind when that happens? Like your first game, you're going into that game nervous. You, you don't know what to expect. And I think the key into the key to him is confidence. Well, he has that killer instinct. It looks yes. like him. He's done it, and he did it all Champions League too. Like I know the team didn't succeed, quotes, yeah. but they he scored goals against Liverpool, right? Argu- the best Premier League team we've seen in a long best time, team in the world, yeah. right? Right, exactly. They're they're the champions of Europe as well, and he scored multiple goals against them. Scored goals against not. I mean, every game that he could play, and that you know he was scoring goals. So it's not something I think that's new to him. Obviously, it's not new to him, but I guess we shouldn't be surprised. As, as, you know, to it's, him, it's not a surprise. Coming from Austria, you you think, yeah, maybe he'll, you know, it's a tougher league, but I'm not surprised. He's been doing it, so why why not keep grinding? I, you should look for odds for him to score, too, because at this point. Well, yeah, if you can get something where Erling Haaland to score in a win, I yeah. mean, I think we can make a lot of money because why not? Because it's happening. Of course, every I, think, game. I think right now he's on fire. <laughs> yes, he is on fire, so I would advise you. I just, I just don't know if this is potentially a place where he stops because Leverkusen's a good team. This game is on the road. On the road. Like, they does, have to, yes. is this the game that we look back and say we probably should have saw this coming with Haaland not scoring? Yes, playing on the road is, is difficult for a team. All right, so predictions. I like, yeah, I like a 2-1. I, I still think that it'll hit the over 2.5, but I wouldn't go over, like like I said, the five-goal thing. I wouldn't go over 3.5, 4.5. I would just play it safe for the 2.5 because I think both teams will score, but Dorman still has enough to pull it out. I think it's going to be relatively close. Yeah, something like a 2-1 for me, I, I would say. I go two nothing and under two and a half goals. Yeah, I just that, uh, I don't. That would and I would I would put something down for Holland to score because I mean this is just ridiculous. Under two and a half, you would get plus one ninety. I I, so I just good, think it's a, it's a tighter too. matchup between two teams like this, and Dortmund's a great scoring team, but they're on the road now, so yeah. I think it's going to be something similar. Leverkusen's not that bad defensively either. Mm-hmm. So how yeah. many how many goals do you think he's going to score? Just if one. He yeah. If he does score, just I one. feel like this will be the match where he can just get on the score sheet but not, you know, pop off. If he does, it's one. Three or four. I wouldn't be shocked one. if he actually one. doesn't score, to be honest. So being Leverkusen, I guess it's safe to say you would come out more defensive-minded rather than oh, offensive. absolutely. Stop Holland, you have a better chance of winning, I think. I know, easier said than there's done. There's more pieces, this, too. But then, they there's, stop the then there's, there's, a neg- there's a negative side to this because if you play defensive-minded for that counterattack, well, it's... Yeah it's very um, less likely that you're going to be able to score. That's it's going to have that mentality to defend. I right? still think defensive because if they get a point out of this, it's honestly not a bad it's result. A it's you a good know, result. A point, uh, one point for Leverkusen in this matchup. With the form there? Yeah, with the way Dorman's been playing and, and shot up to right behind Bayern, I, I, would take, I would take a point, honestly. But I still think Dorman pulls it out. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, those are the predictions. Up next, we're going to be talking Barcelona versus Real Betis.
Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Hey everyone, I'm Chelsea Kabarkis. We're back with the free kick with our friends from AccuScore. To kick off, we're going to talk about the match Sheffield versus Bermuth. Sheffield, who's currently in sixth place, while Bermuth is sitting in 16th. If you had to pick an outright winner for this match, who would it be? The expectations for both of the teams were pretty similar to start the season. Uh, Sheffield United, newly promoted team, uh, Burnhamuth, one of the smaller clubs in Premier League. Uh, so they were not supposed to be very high up in the table to start with. Uh, of course, Sheffield United has now been in this season one of the positive surprises, uh, while Burnhamuth probably a little bit in a negative way. Uh, they have not performed as well as many would have hoped, uh, hoped from them. Um, Sheffield is in top six. They're six now in with uh, 36 points. Um, and uh, Burnhamuth are fighting for survival. They're at the 16th place with 26 points, uh, just a couple of points uh, away from the relegation zone. zone. Uh, Sheffield, of course, has played uh, brilliant defensive football. Uh, they've shut down a lot of good teams. They managed to scrape wins where they might have been a little bit overwhelmed by the opponent. So uh, they played to their strengths through the season. Um, they have the second best defensive record in the whole league uh, with 23 conceded goals. Um, Burnhamuth strategies are a bit more difficult to, to point out. They haven't been uh, playing as well as a team as they've used to, uh, and that shows in the table now. They've lost quite heavily a couple of times, and um, they haven't been able to turn those games to their advantage that they had, for example, last, last season and the season before. Um, in the simulations, the game should be a lot more even uh, than the odds indicate at the moment. Uh, Sheffield wins at 47.5% of the simulations. Uh, the draw is 29.8% and Burnmouth wins 22.6%. Um, so the smart money would go again a little bit towards the road team in this case. Uh, yes, the away team has uh, provided um, value in uh, Sheffield United home games this season seven times. And out of those seven games, AccuScore has predicted uh, correctly twice, so barely breaking even in these um, uh, games. For a newly promoted team, Sheffield has done relatively well. That brings me to my next question. Sheffield United is a very defensive team. Do they keep Bermuth under their team total? Uh, when we take a look at the totals, um, it's interesting to see that Sheffield United home game total um, has been very, very low. So 2 or 2.25 uh, highest, I think is, it was uh, 2.5 during this season. So we are expecting a very low scoring game. However, AccuScore predictions have uh, found value on total uh, three times um, this season uh, when Sheffield United has played home. And all of those have been um, uh, over. And um, out of those three, two has been correct, one was pushed. So uh, when you have bet over, it has been a pretty good uh, outcome for your bankroll. Uh, do you see, Tommy, that it would be again 
some kind of over for both teams or is it um, under maybe one goal each or even less uh, in this matchup? Yeah, exactly. Sheffield United will uh, rise and fall with their defensive play. Uh, they're not that prolific in the offense, so uh, they need to play defensively in order to get points. And that's something that they definitely will do, even against uh, Bournemouth, who then again, when they go on the road, probably approach quite defensively as well. So uh, we're not expecting a lot of goals um, and neither is the simulations here. Uh, so it's very likely that uh, uh, maximum goal scored for either team will be one in this game. Well, guys, hopefully that's a good match. That's a wrap for our Premier League. But now we're going to take it to La Liga. Hetafe versus Valencia. Valencia has been on a roll, beating Barca. And they did it again with Celta, which brings me to my next question. Do they win a third straight game? Yeah, the home team Getafe is, believe it or not, third in La Liga at the moment. So uh, we've seen some surprises in that that part uh, this time around. Of course, Barcelona and Real Madrid are still on top. But uh, Getafe third, it's something that not many would have believed before the season. Um, they are two points ahead of fifth place Valencia, who they're now playing against. Um, uh, both teams are in very good form, uh, like we, we know. Uh, Valencia beat Barcelona, they beat Celta Vigo after. Uh, also, Getafe has won three straight games. Um, so it should be an interesting, a very close game, I would say, because Getafe playing at home, they've been terrific. And uh, Valencia has gotten a little bit better than uh, in the early season when they had a little bit of problems. Um, in the simulations, Getafe, the home team, wins with about 40% probability. Um, the draw is very likely, it's 35% and Valencia wins with 25% probability. Uh, so again, I would go with the draw here. They've uh, drawn two times of the last two games they played together. In the past, AccuScore uh, prediction um, value has clearly been a away team in this matchup when Valencia uh, visits Getafe. But um, it has been only once out of last four games when it has been correct. So. Not too much to talk about those results. Will they win that third game? I don't know. Valencia has been on a roll and they just bought right back Florenzi from Roma. So, I don't know. Defensively, they're looking pretty compact and they have been executing those goals. If you had to choose over or under for the match total, what would it be? Uh, when we take a look of uh, team total, um, it's interesting that um, it has been uh, correct uh, three times out of last four games and uh, the scoring has been quite low as it has been only one goal in these two last matchup when Valencia has visited Miletafe. Um, Tommy, how do you see now? Would it be again another low scoring event uh, or would it be more open football even though the line is right now two? So would it be under so only one goal in this game or would it be more than two goals? Yeah, we are expecting a very uh, low-scoring, very close game between the two uh, two teams here. Uh, like I said, 35% probability for a draw and the uh, goal-scoring numbers are very low in simulations. Um, Getafe, the home team, scores only 0.97 goals on average uh, and Valencia manages only 0.72. Uh, so overall the number is very low and for the both teams as well. Uh, so it's very likely that the game will finish in under. Well, maybe Florenzi will be a positive impact for Valencia. We don't know. 
We're going to see him this, this weekend. Well, that's a wrap for La Liga. We're going to move on to the French League, Ligue 1. PSG versus Lyon. PSG is on fire this season with all the goals. Do they hit the team over? Yeah, the Parisians have dominated Ligue 1 again, and uh, I'm no surprise there. They have a, a tremendous team, uh, by far the best team in that league. Um, And the challengers then on the other hand, Marseille, Lyon, they've struggled somewhat. They've dropped points where they definitely shouldn't if they want to challenge PSG. So it looks like they're going to be running away as uh, champions once again. Uh, they have 12 point lead at the moment. They've scored more than two and a half goals per game. Um, and many people say that they haven't even shown their best yet. So they've been a little bit uh, you know, flamboyant in finishing off the games and not scoring as much as they probably could have. Um, Lyon, one of the challengers this season, um, started bad and that's it. They probably are too far to really challenge for the title, but they are approaching the top of the table. Um, they are sixth now with 32 points. They are eight points behind the Champions League qualification, which is the minimum target for them for sure. Um, defensively, they are a very good team. They are in top three of uh, Ligue 1, uh, but stopping PSG in Paris That's a, a whole different task, and it might just prove too difficult for this Lyon defense. Yes, the team total has been quite uh, fluctuating in this game because uh, within the last five years, it has been somewhere between 2.5 and uh, 4.25 at highest two years ago. And um, PSG has really scored um, five goals twice in this uh, matchup. PSG isn't the only team that has been on fire this season. Lyon hasn't lost a game up until yesterday. They have found four victories out of their five matches these past weeks. The last time they lost was, I want to say, December 15th. What month are we in right now? February? That's a long time. Lyon have been in terrific form as of late. Do they finally lose this one? IQ score prediction accuracy has been pretty good in the... Uh, total bets um, we have predicted uh, three times uh, game to go under, and those have been all correct. Uh, the same way, 1x2 accuracy has been very good, as there has been value every time when um, these teams have met in Paris during the last five years, and out of those five games, uh, two has been correct. So by betting 50 bucks, you will end up um, winning $77 uh, at the end. Um, Tommy, do you see that um, this would be a 5-0 type of one-way street um, this time again, or is Lyon's uh, defense um, good enough to stop and uh, maybe even pull upset against uh, Paris? I would very much like to say that, yeah, Lyon will now upend PSG, but uh, in all fairness, I don't think that's going to happen this time either. Um, Lyon has played well as of late, but PSG is still on a different level and uh, they seem to be doing better the better the opponent is. So they, are, might, they might be playing bad against the Dijons and the, and the lower, uh, lesser teams, but uh, against Lyon is definitely one of their main rivals. They probably put out their best players and they play the best, uh, best they can. So it's very hard to see that uh, uh, Lyon would be able to upend the champions this time. Well, for more soccer analysis, you can go ahead and log on to www.accuscore.com or you can go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Accuscore.
Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Welcome back. All right, guys, so let's kick off with La Liga. Barcelona versus Betis. Barcelona is in second place, and Betis, who is currently sitting in 12th. Now, don't, don't forget, Betis is actually not that bad. They're in 12th place, but they just haven't been as lucky, I will say. Predictions. Well, Setien is their previous manager, right? You know, And yes. I think also, let's not forget that I know this personally because Napoli bought Fabian Ruiz from Betis. You know, a couple years ago, they were in sixth in the Europa League spot. They smacked you know, Milan. And, uh, yeah, and they were a good team in La Liga and, you know, a decent team in Europe. And then Setien left, and they've kind of felt, uh, you know, they've, fallen they've, off. They've, they've but they off. got, they've gone out of that relegation zone for now. You said twelfth, so you know, I think they're, I, I think twenty-eight points. I'm not sure if that was them or not, but they're, they're, they're out of the relegation zone, so they don't have to worry about that right now. This is a big game for them. This it is, is at yeah. Camp Nou, so it's going to be tough. But I, I agree with you. I don't think it'll be a. <laughs> we haven't seen blowouts from Barcelona in a long time. You know, it's we, a, we it's, seen a it's a significant game for Setien because he's playing his old club, his club where he was able to get them into sixth place for two years in a row, two seasons in a row. I will mm-hmm. say, um, he was the first coach to ever beat a Barcelona at Camp Nou, which that's that's extremely difficult. So. He's going, I think he's going to go into this match a bit more relaxed because if you beat Barcelona at Camp Nou and you're going to be playing against Betis, your old club, you already know your players. You, you don't know all the players, it's but playing, you, yeah, it's at you know too. the club. Yes, you know the club relatively yeah, well, yeah. and you understand their methodology. Wow, I keep saying that word today. <laughs> word of the day. The word of the day. Well, he knows he knows the structure of the club. He, sure. knows, he knows what they stand for, so he kind of understands what he's going to go against. Right. Um, I don't know if you guys were able to watch Barcelona versus Levante this past weekend. It was a it was a close game. They picked it up in the second half, but it was interesting. I mean, again, this was Messi had the two assists for Ansu Fati's goals. Um, I mean, that's a great sign that Ansu Fati, a young kid like that, is able to step up in a game um, because they're really not getting it from the veteran players like Griezmann again. I mean, look, I... Uh, you have something against Griezmann. Every, I, I always talk about <laughs> We because, always talk about Griezmann. Because you pay 120 million euros, the, the fit was terrible, and he's not producing. He's not even coming close to this level. Yeah. This guy just tweets about basketball and football, and he's not focusing on trying to win oh something. Oh, my God. He just, Don't be well, one he, of those. Because he should. Because when you're when you're getting paid that much money and you're not stepping up like this, I think it is fair criticism to go no, after him fair. like that. Because... The part of the reason why they're not playing as well as they are is because he hasn't assimilated to the squad like he should. And no, no, it's true though because this could end up costing them the title. And and you know what? And this is a game causing like this. them the title. They're they're in second place right now. Yeah, but if they look back and lose the title and Antoine Griezmann was not playing up to his level, you could point to him as th- one of the do reasons. Do you think that if Suarez never got hurt, I know it happened only a, a little while ago anyway. <laughs> but if if Suarez never got hurt. 
you don't think it would have opened it up a little bit for him in the second half of the season? Of course. I mean, your team's better with Suarez, right. but when you're that good so of a player like Griezmann, stepping up, right. I'm sorry, like the expectations for him, did they have to be better? Yeah. Because Messi's stepping up when guys go down. Ansu Fati's stepping See, up. Yeah. He's a teenager. He did it in the Champions League, going. too, against Inter. Yeah, right? I know. So. And, and it's just, for me, the expectation needs to be there. I think he's still a great player. I think he has a lot to prove still. And, I, and I'm like, who knows? He could score here on the yeah, road against might. Betis. Um, but for me, I did, like he's one of the main reasons why they're struggling. And, and in my and opinion, players. in my in my opinion, Barcelona, what they're lacking right now is taking advantage of the opportunities that are given to them. So in a, an interview, Setien mentioned after the the Levante match, mm-hmm. he mentioned that there were a lot of chances, but they weren't executing, and he right. wasn't really sure why. Now this is his third game, so this is going to take a bit more time yeah. for him to understand his players and get to know the niches for each player, what he, what he has to say, right? Um, rumors are, if we want to talk about execution and scoring, rumors are Neymar is looking like he's going to make a move back to Barcelona. Oh, God. We're going to start I, this well, again. This We're going to start this again. <laughs> <laughs> the whole merry-go-round. First, going of, all, first of all, it's going to have to be $300 million. PSG yeah. never sell players. And if a player is going to leave, they'll probably make a be profit. First off, one of the best trios that I have seen. That was Definitely the best scoring Suarez, trio. That was amazing. Messi, and um, Neymar. It's the best attack ever. I, I, I don't think this is a bit. In history be. ever. In like history. That no, history, not in history. Who else is you're better? Going too a club. Far. A club. Well, in our one. lifetime. Name one. Yeah, I can't. I'm putting on the spot right now. I can't, I can't think right now from the top because of it my isn't. head. But... <laughs> He's so adamant today. He's so adamant today. He's ready to argue. You know what? We're going to argue today. They they destroyed everyone in their path in that time. And they were all saying. You know what it is? No, you know what it is? I think Neymar had gone to, he went to the French League because it's good for the marketing side of his. He wanted to win his, his, he wanted to be the main guy. He he wants to go to all the leagues. PSG, who who doesn't want to play for PSG? I don't don't blame him. But now I think it's time (laughs) for his own for his own good to go back to Barcelona because I think they get more of him as a player. They're killing it right now, though, for him. They're playing oh, some absolutely. of the best that he's played since he's gotten there. That attacks We've said it. This is tough. their one year that PSG I actually, I actually want to put money down for him to win Ballon d'Or. I think this is actually the year for him that he could do it. If they go in, they win the league, which is probably a given. If they make it to a Champions League final, final and win, right. which is possible because they're talented enough, although he'll face and Copa America is the summer. He'll face Mbappe for that Ballon d'Or. Though. He he will, but he's playing better than Mbappe. But if they go and win Copa America too, because yeah, yeah. he has something to prove, because they won it without him last year. Yes. And this is a big deal to them. I know Colombia has a good shot. I actually we hope they win. We have a very good. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> for Shakira. Um, for Shakira, for just everyone, for the dumb. culture. My friends too. Yeah, but um. <laughs> But look, I mean, that would that would be a crazy story. But I, I remember one of the rumors were that Barcelona have to sell players and they have to make money in terms of right. FFP, FFP for the regulations. Uh, I, I hope he does return. I don't think he ever should have left, but I understood why he did. Um, but I guess we have to go back to the so, Barcelona. Yes. So yeah. Barcelona. <laughs> so Barcelona played Levante this past weekend. Levante is a very different team from um, Betis. from Betis. Yeah, Betis is coming off a draw. They had a draw, a loss, and a draw. You have the partnership between Guardado and Canales, which is amazing. If you have them on the right side, that dynamic that those two have, that duo has, it's unstoppable. Which that brings me to ask. How do these chemistry, like, how does this chemistry begin with two players? How, how does this, like, what makes it so special? 
Well, I mean, it, I, I guess the, it depends on the coaches. I, I think it goes all around. It's not just the players, also the system they're implemented in because players often, of course, they have individual talent, but if you're not in the right system, even if you of know course. a player, you've developed chemistry with them, we've seen it plenty of times in, Mo in, in a, a lot of leagues. a different player from yeah, Roma look at from to what he did to Roma, Even the Chelsea days, right? So, like, yeah. look, and now he's tearing it up. So it really depends on how you have everyone placed together. So I think that's a big I think it's you know, characteristics of players, too. If they're able to play off of each other, the reason why, like, Iniesta, Xavi, and, and like, Messi were so great because they, they complemented each other so well. They're strikers and forwards that are able to control the ball, distribute, while another guy goes open and makes runs like that, like, you know, like a second striker and a number nine out and out. I mean, it's always a fit, and, that, and that's why guys in, like, Barcelona have their system where possession space, possession-based football, get open in the areas, let Messi create, and then have a guy that's able to finish. So in previous matches, uh, Barcelona scored 12 goals versus Betis. But this time, it looks like Piqué won't be playing this match because he's out on suspension. Are we Mm. expecting somewhat the same? I think Betis will get a goal in this matchup, to be honest. They've scored in their last four home matches. I think I, I got it wrong at the beginning of the segment. I, they're at Betis. They're not. Yeah, they're at Betis, yeah. And, and they're plus 350, which also shows to me that they're somewhat respected in this matchup, right? Yeah, We've seen in the past couple of weeks yeah. some of these home teams that aren't as good. We've seen them at plus like 800, the same plus Valencia, 1,700, right. right. And Valencia beat them, although, you know, Valencia that was much a better, much yeah. better team. Um, like I think I think Betis can score a goal. I still think Barcelona will pull it out, though. But I don't think it'll be, you know, and in that case, it would have to be something like a 2-1. But I, I still don't think we see the Barca that scores, you know, five goals. I, that, that, that I, right I now. I don't know. I think, that, I think there's been improvements, though. It takes, no, there a, has it been takes a while to, they, for, for And they bounced back from that same. Valencia loss. Now they've won two straight. So, you know, they and Messi looks good, too. I mean, he's always looked good, but. <laughs> he's <laughs> always looked good. Goals. All right, well, moving on, we're going to talk about El Derby Madrileño. Atletico Madrid versus Real Madrid happened this past weekend what were your thoughts on that match it was extremely just it, it was it was a lot it was a well, lot I was happy me. not to be cocky and whatnot but we got that right we did say we're out me and yeah, Martino right, yeah, have right. been on rail the whole season we said they would win and it would be under two and a half one one nil win so we we, we seen that happen and and that's why just you know for bragging rights we got that right but Benzema again came up big scored that it's goal been amazing you know year. and now they still have that three point uh three point lead ahead of Barca and they're still on track to win the league. I still think they're they're better than Barca all around. That's why. I mean, defensively, we we, we saw it again, Definitely right? And Atletico better. kept it close. We we said it would be very low scoring because the Atletico's thing is defense the thing is, is with Real Madrid that they have Sadan and Sadan has been their coach for a very their manager for a very long time. Yes, he took a year off, but he took that year off to study to study the game to study his his way of thinking about the game. I wasn't going to use methodology again. Um, <laughs> so I, I have realized that his subs and his way of viewing the games now, it's a very different. He's adjusted, and his his substitutions are on point. I don't know if no, I, I agree. That. I agree with that. I think the whole philosophy over there has changed because they brought in younger players. They now brought, too. yes, they brought in younger players, and like I said, he took a year off. Yeah. So now his substitutions. I think he's more. He's a complete coach now. Yeah, and in this point in his career too, that's crucial, right? Because post Ronaldo, you can't just rely on he's a, a megastar. Exactly. They, have, they still have plenty of superstars, but not that megastar to get it done for you, right? So that's that's important. You make those subs 
in the right moments, the right start moments. the right people, have the right system, have the right. Just and that's all, that's crucial. Yeah. That's crucial for a manager knowing when to sub players, knowing when to hold them back, knowing what player is going to go in the last two minutes and not throw a fit like Mbappe did this past weekend because they took him out. Yeah. Um, but he's going to give your all those last two minutes and he's going to maintain possession of the ball, right? Yeah. Moving on really quick because we're, we're about to run out on time. Yeah. Last Chelsea versus Leicester. Let's talk about that. This Super was an quick. ugly good game. Yeah. The bad defense, defensive players scoring. Antonio Rudiger got two of the goals. We said this one was going to be a draw, Likely a tight draw. matchup. Um, it ended up being that, and it ended up going over the goals. Um, I think that's two. a fair result, though. Like for what these teams are at right now, they, they're not as high as they were in the beginning of the season. This was probably the most likely. They both outcome. take it. I don't yeah. think either team is upset. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a wrap for this segment. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. We're taking it to Serie A this upcoming Sunday. Inter Milan versus AC Milan. What are your predictions for this match? Milan boy can start this one. Oh, you he, want this me is, to start this it? Is big, now let's just start by game. saying Inter Milan has been doing very, very well. Mm. AC Milan, uh, not so well. Finally, the last <laughs> this is the best month of the points, season. Yeah. This is the best month of the season that they've had. But this is this is like the biggest, one of the bigger rivalries in the sport. I don't think we've seen one this lopsided of a rivalry besides the Manchester rivalry. Over the past couple that of years, we have. yeah. The past couple of years, it's been very clear and evident that Inter is the better club. They got the better team. They got the better coaches. They got the better directors. They got the better owners. They have the better players <laughs> everywhere, all over the yeah. field. Um, a lot of these derbies haven't been close. The last one that they played was absolutely terrible. I don't think I've actually seen Milan play worse in a derby. That was back when they had Gianpaolo, though who was the manager that they sacked like two weeks after that. Yep. They were playing a bunch of different players. They were, they were playing the older guard of the players that were on the terrible teams of recent years. But now they have Ismail Benacer is going to be back for this. Teo Hernandez is starting in this one, which he didn't start in that. They're going to have Conti back in that. And Ibrahimovic is playing his right. first derby since he was sold back in 2012. So we're going to lose. Oh, oh you're, you're giving me all these positives for, uh, oh, we got this player back. We I give the well, no, and I, I give No, but also we also have to add in that Christian Eriksen has been added on to Inter right. Milan, and he is one of the top playmakers yeah. in Europe right now. He goes onto the field and he changes the whole dynamic of a game, of a, of a match. And he comes at a perfect time, too, because Inter has plenty of injuries, yeah, so they'll need, they'll need Eriksen to do that playmaking with uh, Lukaku up front because Lautaro's out. Uh, a big cog in, in, in their team is Handanovic. However old he is, he's amazing. He has been for throughout it's his whole career. the reason why they've made champions 100%, like 100%. 100%. And that's big, too. So Eriksen yes. getting there, being there, especially they might have some midfielders out. You sense but there, might, there yeah. might be an issue with that because if we think about it, okay, Lukaku up top, but is he going to be used in the system of a 3-5-2? Where is he going to fit in? Oh, the Eriksen? You mean? Yes, or, yeah, well, no, but that's been the debate about people yeah. that are trying to figure out where he exactly he fits in Conte's system. Are they going to do a four-four-two? Are they going to? Well, I think what's, I what's think it's happen? I think it's a basic three-five-two 
that's set up, but some players are up more, some drop yeah, back a little bit Yeah, because now without more. Lautaro, he doesn't even have Exactly, because Lautaro that was the perfect partner for Lukaku, and they've been one of the best duos in the world at this point. I think, I think it will be something, an adaptation of a 3-5-2, where the wingers still push up more, but the midfielders are a little bit held more back. Uh, except for Erickson, because obviously the closer he is to goal, the better yeah, the team is. Um, but look, I, I think this is a perfect spot for Milan to potentially get a win. So, yes, so I really do think that Milan can get something out of this game. I'm not draw, saying maybe. that because we're, we're, we're sitting next to each other, we're friends, <laughs> but I really do mean that because Inter's injuries could catch up to them. Listen, Milan, since Ibra's come back, yes, they dropped the points. They haven't this lost weekend. the game, yeah. They haven't lost, though. Ibra just being on that pitch makes a whole world of a difference for this team because whether even if he's not scoring goals, we saw him score one in this, I think, his second game and then the Copa Italia game, mm -hmm. but he doesn't have to necessarily score goals because you have Leao playing off of him. You have players pushing up the field. Teo has been really good for them. He, just the attention that he brings in, in, that center, in that forward position, you have people paying attention to him, and that's yes. where they all what go I'm, towards what him. You know, he opens about up for, what I'm extremely excited for for Ericsson is the partnership and the bond that he's going to build with Lukaku. Because if we look at Ericsson's um, characteristics as a player, he's patient. He knows when to hold on to the ball. He's extremely good in counterattacks because he comes from a Premier League. He comes mm -hmm. from the English game. Serie A and the English League are two very different leagues, very different styles of play. Mm -hmm. The Premier League, I think players that have transitioned from the Premier League to the Italian League have been successful because they're just so physical. Italians aren't used to that. They're a bit more tactical. They hold on mm -hmm. to the ball. And here comes Ericsson where he does hold on to the ball. He's very patient. He waits for those open spaces to open um, and then you have Lukaku up top who has played in the English League before so yep. he knows how to play off of him and he has that power that speed um, so I'm excited to see that the, the bond that they're going to create I, I yeah I, I agree with that too and I think it's going to take some time it'll be a little bit like Dybala fitting in Saudi's system for Juventus because it, it takes a little bit of time because of his characteristics really kind of don't fit the system, but he's so good in creating and even scoring goals that you have to find a position for him. And all Ericsson really has to do in reality is just create enough chances for Lautaro and Lukaku. But in this matchup, I think it's a little bit easier for Milan strictly because you don't have to focus on Lautaro that much. Roman Yoli can just simply worry about Lukaku because he got Lukaku got the better of him in that one. Roman Yoli does rarely slips up often. Lukaku absolutely jumped way above him, headed that goal home, and that was the most embarrassing moment of the season so far. With AC Milan, <laughs> they're gonna go into this. I don't know what to expect from AC Milan to be quite honest. Because a loss. yeah, well no. <laughs> You can't say that. That's a bit unfair because it's a derby. And usually, first off, you're the worst <laughs> fan ever. <laughs> okay? I, I would way. not want I'm you. Not, I would not want you on my team. But anyways, back to what I was saying. Uh, AC Milan is coming off a draw versus Verona. And they don't have Zlatan because he's out in the flu. And they also don't have Ismail. So... Oh, no, he's back for he this. He is back. Benacer is back. Ibra should be back. Ibra, hopefully he's back for that. They were missing know. a lot of guys. They for, came for out. They game. came out extremely flat. The they opportunities did. that Verona had that they could have actually oh, yeah. executed, they just they weren't and able this is why to. Why Milan's gonna lose? Because that's an issue. But you know what? What might drive them is that this is a derby. Oh, yeah. derbies are always derbies close. are always. There's always they're, something. They're always intense. For the last something one. intense. I think they can get a point out of this. They know they can. Honest. They can. But that's it. 
they're, I, they have a very difficult time seeing them win this game. And even even at the worst, Inter still has all their defenders. <laughs> You're the fakest. That's true. I'm not. I'm not That's the true. fakest fan. Their, I am a I realistic fan who understands. I can't where take team, you right now. Ask anybody on the sports grid. Everyone, by the way, follow him on Twitter. Everyone gets follow him on Twitter. You know what? His <laughs> play-by-plays are the best. That's where I go after Milan games. Martino Buccio right. on Twitter. That's where well, I go. Well, no, no, no. I'm I'm realistic about it, and and I get I catch a lot of crap on the network too <laughs> because every time we talk basketball, I bet against the Celtics in certain games because I know they're going to lose in certain like this one. If you were wanna, if you like Milan in this, I would just simply take a draw and under two plus two forty at the draw. Okay. And under two and a half. Quickly, because we were yes. talking about we were talking about the English league before, and yes. I, I have to mention this. Sure. Um, there was actually an article that came out, one of the interviews that Conte actually just had, and in quotation, I'm gonna read this. I won the league in the first year and the FA Cup in the second year. Klopp hasn't won anything yet in England after four years. <laughs> Pep didn't win anything in his first year. He has the best press conferences. Y'all, he always, <laughs> they're always nice and either, interesting. He's the, going at Pep, and he's going at Klopp. Yeah, the best team is in the world. Is this man? What's? No, this is Conte, though. He's deranged. This is him, though, but he, this is him. If he he's either does that, he's whining about how he's not getting enough money for his transfers. He did that at Chelsea. Or he did his that players Juve. aren't giving their all. He was know. complaining earlier this year about <laughs> it. And and you know what? But i got to give it props to him because almost everywhere he goes, Gets he wins done, yeah. the league. Europe, different discussion. Yeah, Europe I'll say that. He can't talk anything about that. They got knocked out. They choked the Champions League group stage for that. They blew that. They're blowing some games right now with Inter. They have everything they need to potentially They should win be the ahead of you. Right there, there should be no they excuses should. for them. With the but and Juve this has, is what he does. Juve has Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, yeah. They're going to win the league. Machine. They're yeah, winning the league. Win it's not that they're not going to win it. I but think that just be, it becomes so boring. Like, let's say the Spanish, in the Spanish league, the Italian league, you, you kind of always yeah, know of course. who's going to win. How do you think we felt for the past decade? Especially me in the past couple <laughs> years where you you think you're close oh, and then you, you're not. Well, I mean, well, we were never really close, so it's not that bad for me. Then No, but then you had Stefano. Um, the the Milano the Milan coach come out and say in a press conference Pioli, uh, Pioli yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the season is complicated and competitive winning yeah. games will be difficult and we have to show good performances I don't really know how I feel about that about what he said it's just damage control I think he's just being realistic about the situation like he's a coach that took over during a crisis yeah. Yeah, the way over, they were he going, he took over about four months and ago. And he finally had a good stretch. The too, way, so. yeah, not even like right around four months ago. Yeah. Realistically, they were heading towards relegation. The way they were playing, not playing the certain guys that they needed to. He's he's just coming in for six months. As far as we know, the report a this morning. A team like AC Milan, why is it so difficult to get great players? We don't have what? enough time. <laughs> why is it so difficult in history? It's this AC Milan. Because well, because FFP regulations with not being able to do that. If this was the late '80s, that's how yeah, they returned to their dominance. Story. They were just able to buy Marco Van Basten, Frank Rijkaard, Ruud Gullit. They're able to buy the best players in the world. And when Milan has money and they're able to buy players, they come here. The fact that they got Bonucci at that time when he when Juve was coming off a Champions League final speaks volumes to, to the attraction of that. They don't have the money right now. They're not in Champions League. I think this they need a right fault. back. I think they. They desperately need a right back. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. We need a lot of things. Call That's one me, of them. Call me. Call me as your sporting director. I'll get you guys a right back. <laughs> you, hey, first of all, you know the owner, first of all. <laughs> you can't just subtly say you know 
<laughs> Paul I, Singer I and Paul's. say, Paul Singer, yeah, he owns AC Mall. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, that's a big <laughs> Thank deal. Thank you for putting me on the spot. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you, you. can't withhold information yes, like I, that. I, I know, I know, I know. But they desperately do need a right back. Yes. Maldini just made his first appearance, third generation. Yeah. That no, yeah, that is yeah, that, that was, was cool amazing. That's wonderful that was for awesome the family. Moment, yeah. Well, because well, for people who don't know the sport, this is one of that's one of the greatest things that you'll see. Three generations going back to the 1960s of strictly playing for this club. Oh he's only 18. He's as he's his youngest son. His older son Christian <laughs> isn't uh, good enough, unfortunately, to play for them. But. But I mean, it's a great debut to just to see that. And he's a forward, though, by the way. His yeah. grandfather and his father were you know what's, defenders. You know what's so wonderful about the Italian league and the Italian culture is that they hold on to legacy and they hold mm -hmm. on Absolutely. to tradition. Loyalty. And they, they, yeah, and they really, they, they're like, they love that, you know? They mm -hmm. want to see a family grow in a club. Well, one, it brings them extremely good media. Um, but <laughs> yeah, they love that attention. It's, they love that attention. But I just think it just holds a meaning to the game. So when you watch these matches, it's like you're living it. Like you feel like you're part of a family. No, I, I it's kind of surreal. Seen, to see. You've seen three generate like three yeah. generations. Special. I, That's it, special. I don't think it's ever been done at this level that they're this that great of a family to have players to play for a club Milan, like this. Yeah. It's, it'll never be done again, and you'll never see anyone. Quickly, else. so predictions. We lose. Two nothing. <laughs>